rain pounds the Southland. This is Corey, and this is the Yo the Anth podcast. When did uh, we start calling? Uh, oh, see, I can't, she's a mom now. I can't make a joke about your girlfriend about <laughs> being calling her the Southland. Uh, anyway, guys, hey, this is uh, episode three ninety one of the Odianth podcast, coming to you from all over LA. But Corey is there in the Odianth studios. Hi, uh, Justifying LA, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening on your podcatcher of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. So this is going to be a technically error-filled episode. Uh, we are going to have to take a break in the middle and come back <laughs> very shortly. Also, I can't see um, because I uh, can't wear contacts anymore. So everything is blurry beyond about this far away, uh, which means that running, because we don't have a producer who's reliable, uh, running anything is going to be very difficult. And I would wear the glasses. We could adjust the ring light so that, you know, uh, it works. Except for, as someone pointed out at work today, without the beard, you look like a middle-aged lesbian. So that's <laughs> enough of the glasses for today. <laughs> uh, but coming up later I, on NPR. I kind of I kind of uh, am a little bit upset that somebody else got to that joke before I did. <laughs> You saw me all weekend with them and you said nothing. I don't know. You know, I, know I think it's I think it's because I felt bad for you, honestly. I <laughs> No, I, I can't. I think you actually look good in the glasses. I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't listen to what those kids say. On an unrelated note, uh I will be hitting the gym uh very soon and uh i don't think that'll help with the lesbian (laughs) so i I think that the problem is that uh since the pandemic started i've taken on a generally a square shape with rounded corners and Mm. what i need to do you're like the new android yeah i I need to like (laughs) just like tighten it up uh i need to get down to the next size of t-shirt so i can wear like something a little tighter a little more form-fitting so that you see that the you know the shoulders are broad the waist is narrow. Uh, the gut's hanging out. I'm basically like a, th- a 1930s weightlifter. That's what I'm looking for. That's the shape, generally speaking. Where I can. No, it's fine. Why don't you breathe out? I'm good. Thanks. <laughs> Where I see you lifting your big triangular weights. Uh, ooh, ah, ooh, ah, ooh, ah. <laughs> Bully for you, sir. Yes. Um, Anyway, so uh, I'm having a bad day, but I'm not the only one having a bad day. Uh, The entire corporation of Facebook, not only having a bad day, but having what seems like the worst week ever. (laughs) Bringing bringing that one back from stealing that from VH1. (laughs) First of all, half the people, half the people at my work are younger than that show. All right. So it's, we're not stealing it from anybody. They let their rights lapse. We're taking it. It's that's fine. If you don't uh, but, currently have a show called the Us Week, join us next week for our podcast, The Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> I feel like it's like the Fantastic Four rights. Uh, either you got to make an episode every couple of years. You got to get Roger out. Corman in there or else you lose it. Sometimes you're just going to make a real shitty version just to make sure you keep the rights and then no one will ever see it. Uh, but it's there. It exists. Just got all this walking, walking up on set, just going like, uh, so I'm thinking a little bit about the backstory of my character and it's like eh, it really doesn't matter we're just trying to keep rights <laughs> uh, gotta, the, the 2000 one was good we it, gotta make an honest show one. of it every once in a while so uh the, the we brought you in one is the lost one believe the it or not Jessica Alba, you're you cost less than keeping the rights of <laughs> fantastic four so thank you very much thanks uh, thanks <laughs> cost less to hire you than it does than it does mm. to keep a property 
So, so back we'll get, to the topic. We'll get into the IATSE strike tight. later. It's okay. Yes. Uh, Facebook, huge outage today. In fact, if you're watching this right now, I know for sure you're not watching on Facebook because it's not available. <laughs> the API is still down. But um, I wouldn't really want to talk about this, not just because of the outage, because like honestly, it was a, a relief. Not Facebook. I don't care about Facebook. Um, I have enough toxic people in my life than to bring them in via my phone. But um, Instagram being down showed me how addicted I am to Instagram because I probably spent the first two hours of the outage opening Instagram, pulling down and trying to get fresh posts and just not having it work and then being like, oh yeah, there's an outage. And then I'd like work for a second or two and then I'd be like, what's going on on Instagram? And then I pull it down and just like a goldfish that had a three second memory, just basically that over and over again. So it's amazing how often I open the same four apps on my phone and just a random succession, like something new. Is like, absolutely. Every, like uh, I was on set, like there wasn't anything like I was in downtime at the moment. So I was on Twitter and then, you know, about 30 seconds later, I was just like, Oh, I wonder if anything news on Twitter. <laughs> like, so Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, they've, they've gotten the key to us. I am just waiting for Instagram to suggest me the self-harm and how to diet accounts because it mean, clearly doesn't know me at all. Uh, I just made a statement about being a middle-aged lesbian and wanting to go to the gym. Although maybe this is what it'll take for Instagram to find uh, those accounts to suggest them to me. Yeah, so uh, the outage is obviously uh, news. But I would say that the the news that you were bringing up there about uh, IG accounts uh, dedicated or like what basically the algorithm serves up to people, yeah, is tremendously fascinating. Uh, I've been thinking, well, and of, obviously for those who didn't see the story, uh, yeah. Facebook came forward and said we found out this unbelievable thing. We are going to address it using any of the resources that are necessary to address it. Uh, the CEO, uh, who's not Zuckerberg, by the way, it was on Meet the Press all weekend or on the shows all weekend saying, we know this is a problem. We are trying to fix it as much as we can. And uh, unfortunately, the outage was a result of that, I think, was all their fixes. That, that's basically how it worked, right? No. Um, basically, what has happened is a uh, whistleblower inside Facebook has released a bunch of internal documents that basically... Uh, shows how bad Facebook is and how bad it knows it is and like that it uh it it's more or less cigarette companies pro- like when they knew that it caused cancer and didn't say anything about it you know like that's stop more running, or less stop running the ads with the doctors on them we know that that's <laughs> probably not a good idea anymore but pulling uh, through my Facebook feed and seeing a doctor saying Facebook it's good for you it's not it's not helping your point right now um Four out of five doctors would choose Facebook for their social media addiction. But I mean, if 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 you're hearing this and this is news to you, uh, please, there are many fine articles written about it. There was a piece on 60 Minutes this week uh, about the woman who uh, released all those documents. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's what I was thinking about a lot with Facebook being down today, especially with like a lot of Latin America being like basically whatsapp is the way they communicate with one another and yep. having it down being such a humongous thing it reminds me of uh when jerry brown got recalled a big part mm-hmm. of it was because El- or california was suffering from rolling blackouts and the reason why they were suffering from rolling blackouts is because i don't think it was enron but it was companies like enron mm-hmm. owned the california grid and would just randomly shut off electricity to large swaths of people at a time to make the value of the energy more <laughs> 
higher. Yeah. Because yeah. when the power goes off, people will pay almost anything to get it back on. So uh, that and because was because of that, we got Arnold Schwarzenegger as governor. So yeah. thanks, Enron. I mean, it wasn't the worst thing that California's ever done. I mean, <laughs> Diane Feinstein is still in office. I'd rather have Senator Schwarzenegger than Diane Feinstein. And this situation has finally gotten Corey to the point of saying he would go to her house <laughs> and if knock, it was necessary and knock on the door and say, Hey, stop it. If she would stop it, if I asked her nicely at her door to do it, then I, I would do it. <laughs> I, I would that, walk that, like Forrest Gump to fucking Sacramento <laughs> or San Francisco and just be like, ma'am, please stop. And she's like, nobody ever put it to me so broadly before. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> I think the, the biggest reveal, though, of the whistleblower, like we all knew uh, it's gaming. The algorithm is not bad. It's very good at what it does. Like I can be thinking about I want to get some storage units for uh, my for my apartment. I want some like little cu- cubbies or something. Next thing you know, I'm getting suggested fucking cubbies. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking through my T-shirt saying, you know, I, I probably should buy some new T-shirts about that time. All of a sudden I'm getting like five classic tees on sale just buy and i'm like motherfucker like uh and well, Corey, you this weekend showed us that you were the victim of an instagram ad <laughs> it, it 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 was an instagram ad uh but it was something that i had been thinking about purchasing and Listen, uh, anytime like anytime i had looked anytime i had looked like every- bri- i mean if i went on instagram and they said private jet for you, $150. Yeah, I'm going to buy it. I'm not like, I don't, uh, yeah. If, if $150 just goes out the window and it's like some like fake, like little miniature or something like that, then fool, you know, I, I'm a fool in that situation. But if it's an actual private jet, $150 is an unbelievable price. <laughs> like, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that much like every relationship in your life, um, no matter how bad it is, you refuse to call it abuse. So uh, bully for you, bully for you. That's uh, you describe a situation which is in fact abuse. And then you're like, but it's cool. I love her. I love her. It's fine. Um, you know, <laughs> we'll be together forever. <laughs> Do not listen to the man in the box next to me. He, he knows. Oh, sorry, I, what... <laughs> That's a mother of my goddamn child. <laughs> Um, yeah, I also found a really great meme that was like how also literally sleeping right over here head. while we're podcasting loudly. So, <laughs> okay, so if you hear snoring in the background, that's the uh, that's it's, the it's the producer woman of his dream. That's the, that's the other one sleeping on the bed. Uh, <laughs> are we gonna act? Are we gonna pretend like like she doesn't snore? Come on now, come on now. <laughs> she, she I have been on the couch when she's snoring. It's it's not. I snore. She doesn't do that. That's <laughs> it's, true. it's all relics. <laughs> By the way, uh, you if I see, I'm sure assume everyone has seen Squid Games, and this is not a spoiler for Squid Games, but I just want you to know if you understand the concept of it, that the next version, Squid Games Two, is going to have a room with a baby crying, Corey snoring, and a dog running around under the blankets with you, and it's going to be like if you don't fall asleep, you will die, because <laughs> um, Rachel is about to enter the goddamn Squid Games with that. I don't know. I, <laughs> My add, mom, my, add my on, dad used to really bad. Add on <laughs> good wife playing like top volume on the TV as I'm sleeping. My mom can't find the remote. Said that uh, after a few How years, will Alicia she... solve this case? <laughs> my mom said after a few years, she really got used to my dad snoring, and then she went to the doctor, and they were like, "Oh yeah, you're partially deaf in that ear." <laughs> 
Uh, I just assume that's Rachel's future. It's just going to be like, and maybe bad for her baby on one side, the smaller new baby on the other side. And uh, just a lot of noise. In Thankfully the I project into the wall. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So you, we thought Facebook was having the worst week ever. Uh, yeah. Rachel's going to have an 18-year sentence she's about to start. So all the jokes I've made about Corey, I mean, really, I should be feeling bad for Rachel, I think. That's the that's the moral of this story. Getting back to Facebook real quick. Wait, before uh, that, though, uh, just so everybody knows, we're, what, four weeks out now? Four weeks out? Yeah, something like that. Are we going to start a baby watch at some point where we're, like, counting down? I mean, we don't know when it's going to happen, so that kind of makes it, I mean, like... Let's take some bets. Let's let's get a grid going. I mean, if people want to start gambling on my on my baby, I won't I won't dissuade them. As long as you do it in one of the Corey's states that allows for it. Corey's got the sixth at eight a.m. and just he's just don't, like, Doc, I'm just thinking maybe we just induce. Is that we could probably just, just induce, right? Listen, I got it on a block. Come on, <laughs> got Halloween on a block. Very much over over leveraged on this particular bet uh doc you have control of this uh the other, let's get this thing going the other thing i'm doing is like i want to work literally as much as i can up until like 2 weeks before the delivery date just so i'm not like on set during the time but like i would literally i, I kind of have like an airline style like going to the airport style mentality about this i'd like to work until the day before the baby is <laughs> like just stack some checks and then fucking go <laughs> be with the baby for a while uh, as opposed to, well, we gotta get Rachel back to work as soon as possible. But then I'm so. also, I'm also worried that like, uh, I'm going to, uh, be on set one day and I'm just going to get the call and I'm just going to be like, ah, well, <laughs> there's, I have kind of limited options at this moment. Would you not leave set for the birth of your child? No, of course I would. But I'm saying, but I'm saying like, you know, there's a, uh, I would feel bad about it. I would feel really bad about it. I'd want somebody to like come in and replace me before I leave, you know? So we're just hoping that Rachel has a long, a long and painful delivery so that uh, the time is built in for you to get off set and get home. No, I, I would like her to handle the delivery or handle the delivery much like she has the pregnancy and not know about it until it happens. <laughs> Yeah, until so you come home from set and she's laying in your bed, that bed right next to you, with a baby she gonna, and just a mess. She's gonna be, she's just gonna be walking to the TV one day and just be like, "Oh, I got a sneeze," and then the baby will come out, and then we'll look at each other, and I'll be like, "Do we go to the hospital?" Like, they got to do. Who comes out, whips out his pocket knife. I got this. Let's do it. <laughs> they got to, they got to do something with this cord, right? Like, I got it. We're handling it. It's fine. Here. Somebody put it in the freezer. I'm going to save it. By the way, uh, put it in the freezer. I will eat it. If you guys don't want to eat it, I will eat it. There's uh, going to I need to get some. I, I said I got to get in the gym. I'm going to put it in my pre-workout every day. All right. So back to Facebook. Speaking uh, of other things so, you're going to see on Facebook. Yeah, go ahead. The, uh, tell me again about the story about the fake 13-year-old girl profile that uh, some journalist made. Yeah, yeah. It, so just basically they, they made a bunch of fake profiles, which were all 13-year-old girls. And then they took posts from real 13-year-old girls and reposted them. So this fake account was only friends with other fake accounts and real 13-year-old girls. And it didn't interact with any of the accounts that weren't the fake accounts. It just like, so basically they were, they were controlling for what the algorithm was getting fed. And it was just basically like, 
apparently random 13 year old girl stuff. I, I don't know what 13 year old girls do. Uh, Barbies? Is that. Uh, it seems Maldi? a little old, but I mean, I'll buy it. Sure. Barbies. I, I, uh, doing blow and uh, <laughs> the bathroom at school. I, I don't know. Uh, kids these days. Uh, but anyway, so they get it. They gave it just regular uh, Instagram content. And it took less than 48 hours for Instagram to suggest self harm and diet accounts. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, basically, the, the other version of this we saw once before was like that Twitter bot that was supposed to learn from the internet based off of what it told her. And within like 72 hours, it was just like Hitler was right. And like yeah. All kinds of really <laughs> dumb, awful stuff. Like, uh, was that the same bot that said that uh, humans are nice? I would never enslave them out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds sounds on brand. I mean, really, yeah. what what? Here's the here's the thing that should terrify the shit out of people. It's not that you are thinking about a T-shirt and just randomly T-shirt accounts show up in your Instagram. Like Facebook knows you so well that yeah. it is able to do that. Facebook knows what a person like you clicks on and likes. So that's what they're giving you. They just have you can you can give it like fucking five individual touch points and it'll be able to figure out somebody who's remarkably like you. And when yeah. they put the top five, you know, you know like classic five T-shirts or whatever in front of that other person who's just like Rob somewhere, they click, they buy it, you know, so they assume that you're going to do it as well. And marketers are probably, you know, they, you can be so specific about who you want to target. Yeah. You know, like I want to target well, and Catholics in Maryland who, who are coming up on their first communion. Like you can just like type in all these things and then you start going like, oh, man, this is fucking crazy. F Facebook knows that my kid's about to have first communion and they're selling me communion insurance and shit like that. <laughs> like it's like it's so easy to to do some of these things. But at the same time, the fact that Facebook doesn't know what's going to happen once they change something is the truly terrifying part yeah. because people's yeah. minds are so corruptible. Like, because well, we're not evolved still... for this. We're not evolved for this level of being read and communication and anything. We're, well, we are hairless monkeys who know how to use tools. Not only that, but if you just, if you left your house, right. And you just walked around your town all afternoon and you just listened to what people said out loud and that's all the information you ever got from anybody. You didn't like read a yeah. book or check anything or like <laughs> confirm whether or not the aliens are coming. Like you just like take the word for everyone you hear. Like you're going to be an awful person because you can't disseminate like what is important and what is not. And yeah. people on Facebook feel like any comment is the <laughs> go to go to a restaurant. Like, go, go to a restaurant on Yelp, right? Well, Yelp's an oh, awful God. example because Yelp is oh, like God. fucking the worst place ever. Mm -hmm. uh, and basically the mafia, <laughs> if you don't know, <laughs> Yelp is basically the mafia. Uh, go onto a Yelp page, right? And you'll see like best sandwich in LA. Never had a better prime rib than this. Like fucking meatball sub is out out of this world. One person writes, "There was glass in my veg <laughs> my veggie sub one day." Like people will not go to that restaurant because <laughs> they think yeah. that like one out of every four sandwiches have glass because one of every four comments talked about it. You know, like. It, uh, the other problem with Facebook, though, is that you can't beat it because it's A-B testing all the time. Yeah. Like, yes, somebody like me would click on that classic tease ad. When I don't, it's like, okay, now I know you a little better. Now yeah. now I'm learning about it and I'm gonna, my suggestions are going to get better. 
I, in a perfect world, would love this because I hate ads. But wouldn't it be great if every ad I had to see was something I might legitimately be interested in? Sure. Uh, not so much so when it's like, uh, hey, you're nearing 40. Are these three symptoms happening to you? You could have <laughs> prostate cancer. And I'm like, what? Yeah. It's like WebMD. It's basically me on WebMD to myself. Like, I don't know, kind of a fever, dead. Okay, no, I don't have a fever. Uh, what about a cough? I mean, I've had a couple coughs. Dead. Okay, no, I don't have a cough. Uh, it's just, well, let it's me like let, let me put possible. it let me put it to this to the people who lived in the before internet times, right? The before Facebook. Uh, the before times. You ever you ever been driving around and you keep hearing the same song on the radio over and over again? It's like the hot song of the time, and then eventually you've heard it so many times where you're just like, well, I got to go buy this fucking album so I can hear the song whenever I want to, and then you've just bought an album for one song. And you feel like an idiot because you're just like, why did I do that? It's because your brain is playing tricks on you and you don't, you don't know how wait, this wait. works. Why would you have to buy an album for one song? You can just get the uh, Again, one before song. times, the before oh, Facebook, okay, yeah. before iPods. <laughs> but I mean, iPods, the, the, tell me more, Grandpa. <laughs> the, the worst thing is the, uh, man, I hate this song. And then next thing you know, you hear a... And you're like, despacito, and just so, singing along with it. So what's really funny is today I was on Amazon Studios for my shoot. And just Ooh, like all yeah. I wanted to do all day was just go like, <laughs> it's like Jeffrey Bezos from, from Bo Burnham, but I didn't think it would be taken in the spirit it was intended. <laughs> Probably, <so. not. laughs> Probably better that you didn't do that, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. It could have gone not well yeah. uh, for you. But uh, anyway, so speaking of billionaires, uh, let's shift away from uh, Facebook and go to what will be a huge story for about 24 hours. A journalist will get assassinated and then we'll never talk about it again. Oh, wait, no, that was the that was the other huge leak of thousands of financial documents showing a conspiracy for people to hide money overseas. This is a different one. That was Panama Papers. This is the Pandora Papers, Mm -hmm. which is different. and we'll it's different, like twice as big as Panama Papers. Yes. Yeah. Twice as bad. Leaders, political people from all over the world, current and former, hiding money in all corners of the world. Billionaires hiding their income. What I what I think is incredible about this story, though, is that uh, it's it's literally like world leaders and 100 billionaires and several hundred millionaires. Uh, a small pathetic pattering of hundred millionaires um but how embarrassed are you when you're on the list and you're at the bottom and they're like oh this guy also by the way jeff jeff garcia of toledo ohio with his piddly 700 million (laughs) dollars Yeah, you're the big dick around town, and so you start getting thrown into groups with Jeff Bezos, yeah. and you're like, "Listen, uh, no, but that was I'm really with him. That was the really funny part. They were saying like, like basically any world leader or billionaire you can think of is doing this, and there's like, except for Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, or Bill Gates. And I'm like, oh, okay, so basically what you're telling me is this is the version of tax evasion that people can afford as long as you're not Warren Buffett. They're doing something better. There's something, yeah, there's something there's another one. out there. There's another one out there. Uh, it might be South Dakota who, who uh, Buffett from Kansas. I feel like, you know, Nebra- maybe he'd know, about know. That. he's a, he's a Nebraska, right? No. Oh, Nebraska. That's right. Even closer, even closer to South Dakota. What was the, cause I can't remember his nickname. Like he's like the scion of something. I don't remember. Uh, anyway, 
yes. Uh, funny story. I don't story. Warren Buffett. So I, well, I don't I either, no but I'm, he has a nickname, and I'm just <laughs> it's it has something to do with where he's from. So <laughs> oh yeah, actually, I think you're right. Lincoln. It's a sign of Lincoln, right? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, hold on, this will take only a second. Warren Buffett. Why the fuck is nickname the first option on Google Autocomplete? <laughs> The Oracle of Omaha. That's the one. Oracle of Omaha. <laughs> there we go. Sign of Lincoln. Listen, Warren. We're yeah, before in the pre-show, in the pre-show, I was looking up for for a piece of information, and I Google and I type in South because I'm about to type in South the South Dakota tax haven. And what's the first <laughs> option that pops out? South Dakota, South Dakota tax haven. <laughs> it's like Google knows me somehow. Like um, it's listening to you at all the all the time. Yeah, it's like I have fucking eighteen of their microphones around me at any given point in time in my life. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and the the worst thing we would do is be like, "Hey Google," <laughs> or see everything that I write on my phone, my Android phone. Uh, yes. Uh, going back to South Dakota real quick. Uh, you traditionally think of uh, tax havens as like uh, the uh, British Islands or uh, Ireland or like some South Asian country that uh, you don't even you know the be name really of because bad. it's so small. Like you would be bad at hiding money, like the Seychelles up there. The uh, Canary Islands up there, yeah. Solomon Islands up there. None of these on Corey's list. Corey's like, ah, nah, I put my money where I trust it. Ireland. That's, uh, <laughs> that's where I go. I like it to be where I can see it. Uh, I mean, uh, I can see it in the Seychelles. It's a much better view than fucking Ireland in January. All right. Well, well speaking of Ireland and uh, South Dakota here, uh, in 2011, uh, South Dakota had $75.5 billion in trusts and other associated accounts, uh, accounts that are traditionally used to uh, transit, uh, transition money from one person to the other and paying as little taxes as humanly possible. Uh, since 2011, uh, South Dakota has gone crazy with the laws that allow pretty much anything and everything to go on in a trust. Right. And, Republicans got to control the state. And, things and now the, the trust assets that are being held in South Dakota as of 2020 is 367 billion. So, we've basically, you know, four times the amount that it was 10 years ago. And 367 billion, you know, you say to yourself, "Oh, that's not a lot of money. That's as much money as Ireland makes in a year and yeah. <laughs> economic output. This is a huge huge sum of money. A country where Apple is located. <laughs> The home of At least Apple. For tax purposes. For tax purposes. That's, that's you awful. peel off the made in California thing to find incorporated in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, don't peel too hard, though, because it could be a bomb. Uh, so, DeLorean, uh, DeLorean cars for those. Oh, fuck. People probably don't. The Back to the Future car was a DeLorean, and the DeLorean was a real car, and that was actually made in Ireland on the no man's land between Northern Ireland and Ireland. And basically, workers from both sides came in, and it was like this huge peace thing. Uh, but uh, people in America who were uh, not the rich people who would buy it, but the poor white trash who couldn't buy it, so they were judging it, said that uh, they were concerned there might be a bomb in the DeLorean when it came over here. I'm like, bitch, the windows don't work. There ain't no bomb in this car, <laughs> yeah, all right? Like... You get in, you can't get out. Ireland's just happy to be making a car. Can you <laughs> like, don't... Don't shit there on them. There were guys in that factory who were like, I haven't worked in 20 years. What do you want me to do? I'll do any sweet floors. I got it. I'm done. What are we doing? Good. You already know DeLorean. Name one other car that's ever come from the Isle of Ireland. 
None? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. That's how it works. It, it makes me think of that Family Guy episode where they're like, uh, <laughs> Ireland, if whiskey is never intended. Yeah. <laughs> One big kind of thing that happened this week was the Supreme Court, apparently uh, in an inability to check itself, uh, decided to, well, the conservative justices have been very vocal about like, this is not a political body. Just because we undo 50 years of court jurisprudence, we're doing so because of the law, not because our beliefs. <laughs> Absolutely. Why wouldn't that be the situation? It is, uh, it is maddening. Uh, number one, I appreciate my Supreme Court justices shutting the fuck up when they're not writing opinions. That's my oh, personal, yeah. uh, maybe I'm old fashioned in this way. You know, if you want to so have a, a Renquistian, you're Renquistian then. That's I mean, like, I, I think uh, I think there's the like uh, there there was a part of like Scalia and RGB that would only talk when they were like giving like some speech at a, co- a law school or something like that. Like, also, they were known. Saying, they were known as being the two. There's like, all right, well, we got one on the yeah, left, I'm, one on the right. They'll talk. Everybody else be quiet. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm, I'm OK with them, like having like a talk in front of law school students or something like that. But generally yeah. speaking, you didn't have a sit down interview with Ruth Bader Ginsburg where she was going oh, to no. tell yeah. you where she was thinking on CNN, you know, like uh, she was dying and she didn't give an interview. Yeah. She didn't want to like, like, I guess, what, weigh the deck against something. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But uh, I mean, we didn't hear from her. Yeah. And uh, and having so many of the conservative justices here speak out about how uh, it's a wrong of people to say that the uh, political ideologies of individual justices have uh, stained the Supreme Court is just poppycock and, and, and ridiculous and how dare you and you know this is a grand institution and blah 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 it was a grand institution there were various times where I, I honestly felt like uh, the Supreme Court even though it made hideously wrong decisions from time to time was a was the ideal version of a Supreme Court was the ideal yeah. version of what a what a uh, top court in a country should be. And, you know, obviously <laughs> everyone makes awful decisions. So you can't c- come back at me all you will with individual Supreme Court cases. But like there's no way this is going to work perfectly every time. This yeah. is as close as it possibly could get. The conservative bastion of this court right now is blowing it up. There is no <laughs> there's no other. Th- this is. It has become politics of this age because it's literally nothing. It's all or nothing. It's you're 100% in on one thing or the other. Your political ideology is going to paint how you feel about an issue. You know, it's the, it's the reason why I couldn't be a judge in a Derek Jeter murder trial. You know, I would be too biased. There's no way I would be able to look around the evidence. I would throw everything out that didn't help my case. I would be an awful judge for that thing. And if people can't, you literally just have to find nine people who can literally just look at something like they've never seen it before and then judge it based off of previous case law yeah, previous decisions. That's literally the job. <laughs> like I don't, I would love it if I knew nothing about you. If you were, if you were coming yeah. up for the Supreme court and it's Ben Jacobs and we've never heard of his name before. He's never done anything. He's just some random guy who happened to be a judge quietly for the last 30 years. Like, I like know, that guy. Like, I like him already. I don't even know where he is. Super conservative. Okay. Uh, if he's not outspoken about something, I mean, the, the conservative justices who are saying like the politicization of this court, let me tell you how that news conference ends. They're like, okay, I'll take any questions. Yes. Guns. Oh, available on demand. Whenever. <laughs> Doesn't matter. 
yes, you. Abortion? Nope, outlawed. Roe versus Wade. <laughs> We're done with that. It's just like, uh, okay, so what you're saying is you take all conservative political positions and you find laws to justify them. No, absolutely not. How dare you? Yeah. If we look at the full history of the country and the way the Constitution was built, it would clearly show you that the founding fathers hated Roe versus Wade, and they were very much for everyone having guns all the time, even the mentally insane. And um, uh, everybody, just two. Two guns. Why not two? We're going to make it a requirement that you must own two guns. Everyone. Uh, but it's just it's foolish for anyone to think it's not politicized. It shouldn't be. But the problem is that the court was always meant to be a moderating force. Like, that's why people stayed quiet. Like, the Rehnquist court started this track of getting more politicized. But, like, the early version of the Rehnquist court was essentially like, all right, so we have a bunch of justices that are on the spectrum. But this is the spectrum they are on, and this is the political spectrum. Like, yeah, we have right and left, but they're all moderates. So they try to keep us in a line basically without these like wild gesticulations well i and mean Ro roe versus wade was not a wild gesticulation it was like oh there are, are hundreds of people dying every year this is something that's happening we should just make it make a, a thing that can happen that's yeah. that's it i i'm so i don't know i'm just so angry with uh where everything is going like there's no bastion of uh uh of true, honest, open thought to any kind of issue that comes up because it's, it's got to be something comes up tomorrow, right? Something we've never discussed before, like tree branches cause cancer, right? Like immediately Democrats and Republicans will go streaming to whoever they listen to, you know, like Tucker Carlson and AOC and all these people will just yeah. have their their Twitter accounts like jam packed with people trying to figure out how they're supposed to feel about an issue. Like it's <laughs> Just like fucking, just look at it. Like you get a piece of information, think about it. Say to yourself, "Well, how would I do? What would I do if I could do something about this?" This is what I did with the fucking Pandora Papers. I said, yeah. "I said, well, I don't feel like people should be able to hide just unlimited money and trusts outside of the United States. How would we go about altering that system? You know, like I will say though, there you is think about one it, you come fashion. up with a decision, and then you come up with how you would fix it." There is one last bastion of equality and truth and justice. Diazzi? No, ma Madame Guillotine. She does not care <laughs> about your political beliefs. She does not care about your sense of justice. There is justice for all. Just let her give you a nice big hug. <laughs> Stick your head right in there. there. Well, give I think hug. I think uh, I think we should take that moment <laughs> as a moment to cut the feed for just a second and uh this is the, the we should do breaks every time because you let me get going and then you're like let's take a break he'll cool off it's fine but yeah okay so three and a uh, half minutes into the show i'm just like hey let's take a break let's take a break <laughs> and we're back hey thank you for hanging out with us yeah so i really want to talk about this whole iatsi thing because uh, they're lazy and you hate all of them <laughs> no not at all not at all uh i i am I'm firmly behind the strike, as is most IATSE members. And the way I know that's the case is because uh, they had a vote on whether to authorize a strike. 90%, roughly, of IATSE members voted in it. And the result was 98% said, uh, let's strike. So, uh, well, yeah. well, they didn't say let's strike. They well, said, let's give authorization to the people who are 
who to call the strike. Yeah, to, to to the negotiators to say that we were willing to go on strike if uh if our demands aren't met. See, it's not that either. Okay, so so people are clear about this. Essentially, what the negotiator said is we need the authority to strike, and we need IATSE members to say yes, we support a strike declaration, or we don't. Uh, it is is in part a negotiating tactic, but it's not like they will now go into the room and say, well, we could strike. They've been saying that for a while. Yeah. And now they have the backing of all, see, they don't actually have to take a vote. The, the board uh, leaders can say, we're striking starting tomorrow. What they want to know is that when they do that, people will stay home from work, yeah. not go into work. So the vote is basically to say, will you stay home with us if we strike? I, I, I will, I will say this, uh, without without hesitation they they'll stay home people will stay the people will do it the now iatsi covers a lot of stuff in hollywood and the writer's strike bad but theoretically anything that was already written could continue in production yeah this is not that situation at all yeah so basically for people who don't know how hollywood unions work uh there's the screen actors guild uh, there's the DGA, there's the WGA, there's the Producers Guild. Uh, these handle the actors, writers, directors, producers of Hollywood. The top yeah. line people, if you will. Um, everyone else, from camera people to sound people to grips to electric to... Uh, <laughs> to like, some writers. Some writers, some, animators, editors. I mean, it, editors, yes, of course. And like, just everyone is basically... Uh, broken down into a chapter so like uh, local if a you local will. and then uh, you know like 695 is the sound local right uh, so every sound person in LA uh, who's in the union is in 695 there's not that many people in 695 but there are a ton of people in IATSE because it's all the people grouped together as one collective uh, union essentially um, yeah so basically it's like, hey, we don't have that many people editing or that many people on sound or that many people writing uh, animated shows, which is another IATSE chapter. So what we want to do is unionize, but we don't have that much power because in the end, if only the sound editors went on strike, we could find a way around that. Yeah. But if the sound editors and the camera people and the grips and costumes and animated writers all say, no, when they strike, we strike. We're going to shut down the whole fucking town. You yeah. can't do anything. Well, not even the whole fucking town, because there's IATSE locals in Georgia. There's IATSE locals in New Mexico, uh, mm-hmm. two places where a lot of filming is taking place at this moment. Uh, they won't work. They, you know, like, and, and in Canada, where we do a lot of stuff as well, apparently they are about to do or planning on doing a vote of support to say, if you are working for the AMPTA, was that? No, AM, AMPTA. I always get it mixed up too because it's like yeah. multiple. I think it is AMPTA. No, no. AM, okay, yeah. Look it up. Uh, but basically, there's if you are filming for them in Canada, then we support a strike for them too. Basically, yeah. It's the AMPTP. That's how, that's why I always keep messing it up because it's the PTP part that always throws it off. Alliance of yeah. Motion Picture and Television Producers. There we go. But so basically, unlike they, unlike they, producers like the the producers guild, this is speaking more as like the studios the essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the make the makers, the people yeah. who fund everything. But uh, yeah, so in Canada, they're also talking about uh, having a partial strike only of AMPTP projects, so that basically no, you have nowhere to go. Go to Vancouver, nope, strike. Go to Georgia, strike. 
New Mexico, strike. California, strike. Everywhere. So, I mean, essentially, what I think people need to understand is that the the working conditions on film and TV work uh, is pretty inhumane. So yeah. think about it like this. If I'm on a feature, right? I'm on a feature film and it's going for four weeks. So my entire month is blocked up with this feature film, right? Yeah. On Monday, I'll show up for the first day at 6 a.m. And then I'll work for 12 hours, right? We need to have 10 off between our next day of work. So it gets backed up a little bit each day. So the second day I'm showing up at well, 10 a.m. Wait, wait, wait. So yeah, don't, don't, don't skip this because it's 12 hours. But minimum. that doesn't mean it's the end of your day. Yes, <laughs> Almost that's minimum. It starts. Yeah. There's there's other people who who will, you know, like, thankfully as sound, you know, I show up, you know, before we start rolling because I got to get my kit together and everything like that. But I mean, like, you know, I show up, but I'm not there as early as people who are like in transportation or I'm not as early as people who are like the PAs or anybody else who's like getting things ready or locations, anything that happens before people actually show up. Uh, those people often work longer hours because they show up earlier and then have to leave later. Uh, so even from my perspective where, you know, like I routinely work 12 plus hour days on set, you know, there's some person who's on that same set working 14 hours if I'm working 12, you know, and the, the 10 hour turnaround time often reflects the people who, you know, leave with me. <laughs> like It's yes. not like, yeah. uh, they don't factor in the person who's got to drive to fucking Santa Clarita with a truck and park it somewhere, you know, like, and then uh, drive home yeah, and, and then, then sleep, drive home at the end of wake it. up. Well, yeah. this, is, this is the worst part. So, I mean, basically what this leads to is something we call fratter days, right? So throughout the week, uh, you work 12, 14 hour days and it keeps backing it up because the 10 hours off. And then eventually it comes to Friday and uh, it's supposed to be the last day of work for the week but you're getting a call at 6 p.m. So you started the week waking up for your job at 6 a.m. By Friday, you're waking up for your job at 6 p.m. And then you're working, call it 12 hours, all the way to 6 a.m. the next morning on Saturday where you drive home fucking exhausted. You go to sleep at, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning or whatever. And then you wake up sometime in the afternoon on Saturday. You've basically blown the entire day. You have to readjust your schedule to wake up for your 6 a.m. call the following Monday. So your Sunday is kind of shot because you wake up so early just to counteract the lack of sleep you've been getting. And, you know, you don't get a day off effectively because you're so yeah. tired and worn out. And like you see me at the end of like three weeks on set, like of on a feature and stuff like that. You know, I, I on Sundays, I'm just dead, you know, and I can't. How am I supposed to? Go to the bank or like, right. go to a doctor's appointment or uh, spend time with my family or do anything, you know, anything that I I should be deserving to do as like a person who's working. But the problem is that people sort of think about it like, oh, you're working in Hollywood. You're working in movies. You're working on a dream thing. And this works against the people who work on set, too, because, yep. you know, I want to be a comedy. I want to do a great job. I want people to say, you know, oh, thank God Corey was here. He really saved the day. You know, I want to be there for people, but there will be producers who take advantage of any little thing you give them uh, and ruin you. Like, you know, there's nothing like just like you're not you're you're a zombie person while you're while you're working on this on this shoot. And, you know, reasonable rest and accommodation should not be something that 
one of the largest labor unions in the country needs to fight so hard for, you know, like it should be given because like, you know, if you worked at Walmart and they forced you into 16 hour days and then on Monday you're working at 6 a.m. and on Friday you're working at 6 p.m., you know, people wouldn't do it because <laughs> Walmart isn't worth it, you know, but Wait, there's, a, so- there's a there's a there's a. There's a thing that all of us have where we want to be a part of this thing, where we want to we want yeah. to be a part of movies, and uh, there's been a a general taking advantage of by people who are studios and stuff like that, effectively. And I mean, like one of the worst, the, one of the things that I really uh, am standing like firmly behind Ayatzi on is uh, re re uh, applying what new media is. So right. the last time this deal was negotiated, uh, Netflix was a baby company that was the trying, it was trying something new. They were actually making yeah. content at the time, but it was oh, like okay, well. it was kind of it was House of Cards days. It was like this is a gamble, you know? Oh wait, so it was it was when the uh, streaming content was a supplement to the discs that you had. Yeah, I remember right, House right. of Cards was like I'm gonna watch this on. <laughs> it on was the Netflix, internet? Netflix, and Quickster. Yes. Uh, But basically, there was a a deal negotiated where it said uh, the minimum that you could pay somebody on a new media project, which is basically stuff for the Internet. Streaming. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't even called streaming at the point. It was just like stuff for the Internet. Netflix is a brand new company who's trying something different. They're trying to create a new workplace for people. So we're going to be accepting of the fact that they're not going to be able to pay the same rate that uh, Disney would, you know? So right. they came up with this new media thing. Uh, and, and Netflix at the beginning was paying people really good, you know, was paying people the wages that they deserved and stuff like that uh, because they didn't want to be seen as like a like a, a, a bad shop to work at. But over time, a lot of new media has been the bean counters <laughs> at new media got <laughs> involved. People people at new media said, uh, hey, we can just pay people less. Why are we doing, you know? And also, in the time between the last contract being negotiated and the new one, new media now includes companies like Disney and <laughs> Warner Brothers and Universal and everyone, yeah. literally everyone. And it's yeah. not Warner Brothers; it's AT and T. You know, like it's literally every company has a streaming service in which they make content. And yeah. you know, like you're, you might say to yourself, like, "Oh, well, they had John Favreau on the Mandalorian. That's a different." <laughs> like he's a director he's going to get his money you know like an actor if they're on a netflix show they're gonna get theirs yep the but writers gonna get theirs gonna get theirs if they're a, if they're a known name and they have something really great they're gonna get theirs but when it comes time to uh not every crew position because like there there is a little bit thing of a thing about a cinematographer you know if you got deacons on your project that that means okay, a lot. but i mean like under the idea that like you know, any five people can be a grip on your project. Like, yeah. obviously, you want five really great ones, but you're not going to pay their rate if they're too high. Why, you're going to get five people who will agree to the new media rate, you yeah. know, and it just ends up hurting everybody in the end. So if you're watching Netflix tonight and you're saying like, you know, oh, boy, I really would like to support the people who make all this stuff. Understand that it's largely the people that you don't know the names of behind the camera in the credits at the end of the thing. Yeah, uh, because it's the it's the names at the Oscars where when they do the postmortems or whatever, uh, yeah. in memorance, yeah. whatever it is, uh, that you're like, I don't know who that is. And then every actor in the room is just like polite applause. But you don't understand like the work that this guy does. It's yeah. Crazy good. 
Uh, well, and, known I mean, in like, the industry, but not outside. Yeah, I mean, like you know, if I if, uh, there was a there was an Onion article that nailed it a long time ago. Onion always nails it, but it was just like uh, Luis Gomez highest paid grip in Hollywood history at seven point eight million dollars for the picture, and they were talking about him like he was like a movie star, and it's just like. You know, like, listen, nobody sets up a C-stand like Luis. I, I, we tried everybody else. It's just not, he's worth it for the production. <laughs> like, Well, and I mean, listen, it's hot also a great grip. <laughs> it's a suspicious group. So if you have some experienced grip on your very first film as a director, and then you're like, oh, this went really well, but largest movie release of all time. Okay, guess who I'm hiring? And guess who every studio I'm going to force to hire every single time. Because then, you know, at some point you put out some project without Luis on it and it doesn't do as well. And you're like, fucking Luis, I knew, I knew it was him. He's my lucky charm. I need him. (laughs) (laughs) I need to just see him in the side holding a light stand up while I'm directing. It's the only way I can. Just a flag dramatically in the the corner of your eye. (laughs) Luis is everything. I am a fraud, Uh, which is basically how everybody in Hollywood feels. Um, But the funny thing is, not a funny, uh, funny ha ha, but funny weird. With all of this power, Ayatsi has never struck before. Yeah. Never. Well, Generally the, speaking, it's recognized how much power they have. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, Ayatsi uh, uh, has been coming to the AMPTP with very reasonable demands, like uh, reasonable hours. <laughs> and, yeah. Normal and, working hours. Yeah. Normal working hours and, uh, you know, work <laughs> being paid the same amount for work that's being done by Disney and Disney Plus. Seeing as yeah. Disney is a multi-billion-dollar conglomerate, that they can afford to pay somebody, you know, an extra two hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, Ayatsi knew, like, if they if they became the the union that struck all the time, then like people would, you know, like because Hollywood as a concept, movies as a concept, has always been about going to wherever the place can be. So. Yep. It was invented by in Edison, Edison in Jersey, in and they went to Hollywood to avoid his patents, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when movie production started shooting in Vancouver or Georgia or New Mexico, it's because they found capable people who were able to do the work in a place that was cheaper than L.A. Also, uh, yeah, the taxes, the, the tax havens. That's, that's right. Oh, well, yeah, and I mean, like, the, you know, the, the, the amount that oh, you can oh. the amount you can save because they're going to just pay for, for you to shoot in Georgia. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that all, that all adds in. But, I mean, like... You know, Ayatsi, literally, it, it will have a profound effect like you wouldn't understand if Ayatsi went on strike. And I, well, you I know, it's a, it feels like a game of chicken at this point, but Ayatsi will the strike. Other, they will, the other <laughs> they will side, leave. the other side of this is that the AMPTP got some pretty drastic concessions from the Writers Guild because the Writers Guild, although they authorized the strike, didn't really want to strike in back-to-back negotiations because the last time there was a strike it was in a negotiation so like let's try to avoid that um and the director's guild basically follows what the writer's guild does except for they never strike with the writer's guild they they honor the lines but they don't actually well, go out and strike with the them. other the other thing is that all these contracts sort of negotiate or like run out at different times too yeah so yeah. other other higher end higher end i mean like you know higher paid departments like directors and actors get more paid get paid better than camera and sound you know mm-hmm. uh but you know if they negotiate something that could help us then we come in behind that and negotiate upon that ideal you know 
But when they give up, when they have concessions, then the AMPTP comes in and says, well, the writers gave this up. The directors gave it. The producers gave it up. Why aren't you willing to give it up? Well, it's something that actually impacts the the writers sitting in a chair for 14 hours. Isn't the same as my guy. Slapping things up a hill. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's way different. And so they don't. And they don't get the support. And I think that the AMPTP thinks like, one, they've never struck. They won't strike. And we got a bunch of concessions. We can push some concessions on IATSE too. And they need to call the bluff. That's what I would say. And I, I started this with the with, you know, a story about Fratter Days and how, you know, like my schedule is unpredictable and I never know how long the day is going to be and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but at the at the end of this thing, what we're really trying to focus on is that there are people who literally die and have awful health conditions because they work these hours. You can't, it's a young man's game. You can't be 70 and work 14 hours on set. You know, Yeah. there are people who are young and virile and energetic and they fall asleep driving home and crash their car and die. You know, this is not, this is not a victimless crime that people are working 14, 16 hours. The only reason why they do it is because, you know, largely uh, the studios and the people who who the bean counters, if you will, say that it is more worth it to have somebody work overtime and pay them overtime than it is to give them an extra week on this shoot and <laughs> shoot reasonable hours, you know, because yeah. like that's that's effectively what what it is, you know, and there's fines like if you if you're late for lunch. Like if you don't if you don't get lunch at a certain time, they find, you know, the the production gets fined and then you get the money from that as like a meal penalty. But the fine isn't, you know, it, it doesn't stop them. It, it costs more or it costs less to pay the fine than it does to <laughs> skip out on people's lunch, you know. So, like, yep. yeah, it, it all around uh, some things need to there, there's like a come to Jesus moment that's coming here. And uh, I'd be interested to see where the AMPTP takes it from here. And we'll, we're going we're to keep posted over the next few weeks because uh, obviously it's going to come to a head now that there's a strike authorization. If they'll go in and say, all right, here's our bottom deal. Match mm. this, meet this, or we strike. That's it. Yeah. Um, and they should. And if they meet it, great. There's no strike. If they don't, then you go out on strike and you say, okay, so now here is our bottom because now that we're striking, we're going to get more. Um, and just wait for them to, to give because if you're the AMPTP, again, you might make money on what exists, but I have already watched all of Squid Game. I would like the next thing, Netflix. And Netflix has to be thinking like, all right, this dude is is blowing through a whole show in one day. That means I need essentially 300 new things to make him be on the platform and want to watch next year. I'm well, not going to have that. And here's the thing. We know they have the money because yeah. uh, if you've noticed, Netflix isn't running out of content right now. And the reason why is because people, people like me, not me specifically, because I was not getting these offers. I was not being overpaid to go in for COVID and stuff like that. But uh, the, you know, the, a lot of people risked their health and safety to work during COVID on yep. shows that people like, you know, like, and there wasn't nearly as much production as there usually is. And people noticed it and they were clamoring for it. And, uh, you know, Hollywood provided for them. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's just all they're, all they're looking for is a little bit of equity. Like they're just looking for a, or a little equality in this whole thing, you know, like, cause it, it's just well, like not fair to, you wouldn't do this to, to any other, any other job, you know, like, 
I have to say it's it's one of the good things to come out of COVID is that these guys who've been burning themselves out we, you know 50 weeks a year for every year yeah finally got a chance to be like oh I have kids let me go hang out with my kids let yeah. me get my mental health in order let me sleep on a regular schedule for a, for four months in a row and now they're like this is fucking nice yeah. I'd like to continue to do this why can't we why can we not do this like my wife works a job full time and she's home six yeah. every night leaving at eight home by six there's no reason we can't have something more reasonable than i leave at six and i get back at six yeah and then i have to sleep a few hours in the middle of the and day not just, and not just not just a time. random day every single day like every day yeah, yeah. every day uh mm. moving on yeah so uh, uh, other other, other things other... that are plaguing california i was gonna say <laughs> other problems in california uh if you haven't seen the news i don't, I don't know why you wouldn't have seen it but um there was an oil spill off the coast of California, and that might come as news to people, but Southern California, rich history of oil production. Um, and if you're standing on Long Beach and you look out in the ocean, you don't see anything. It's just a beautiful ocean. But just beyond the horizon, where they can hide it and not have people see it from the beach, are platforms pulling oil out of the earth. And yeah. one and the way to get that back to the land is a pipeline under the water, which one of which got a leak and uh, has caused a hundred and twenty six thousand acre oil spill, which thanks to the currents here that keep the weather so pleasant, uh, is going to spread oil up and down the beaches from Long Beach down to like into Orange County and down south. So just nice. Just so people who don't live in Southern California know, too. We don't just hide all our oil derricks, though. I mean, you know, you can you can go Long into Beach plenty. Nice neighborhood. You can go into plenty of McDonald's parking lots and see oil derricks around. Uh, Only in certain neighborhoods, though. Not all neighborhoods. Literally any neighborhood that has oil will, <laughs> will get a fucking derrick. There's no if way. You, There's a reason why the show is called Beverly Hillbillies. They found the oil. In- That's not why it's called it. <laughs> uh, if uh, if you're walking in Hollywood and you see a a sheen on the sidewalk don't touch it and then taste it to see if it's oil it's not oil <laughs> also but, don't eat oil but if you're driving maybe i'm the first land, one to tell you this but don't eat oil <laughs> if you're driving through the south bay if i try to go from my house to the south bay uh you're gonna go a lot of city nothing happening then a set of hills oil derricks everywhere in the hills yeah and then you get to the other side, and that's where you will find, uh, as Corey pointed out, parking lots with oil derricks in them. Because it's like, ah, it's still pumping. We're good. <laughs> it ain't going to pump itself. <laughs> but uh, but so, maybe maybe it shouldn't pump offshore as much. I mean, that, yeah, I, that's that's the lesson. I mean, I, listen, I, I understand the concerns of the oil and gas industry. And that uh, we only have a limited amount of oil, and if you want to get it, you gotta you gotta do things like this, and blah blah blah. Yeah, I understand. Uh, but much like nuclear power has been so heavily regulated, it's yeah. not because you know ninety nine percent of the time nuclear power works great and there's no concerns. It's because the one percent of the time, or the less than one percent of the time. Let's be fair. The point zero 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 one percent of the time that it doesn't work. I I just merely rounded up, but I'm saying most of the time it works flawlessly. It's one of the cleanest forms of energy we have. uh, Tremendous and and generating a lot of uh, electrons and stuff like that. But when it goes wrong, it goes horribly, horribly wrong. (laughs) 
So uh, I perhaps was, uh, today I was today years old when I realized that Corey doesn't understand how a nuclear reactor. Works. <laughs> but, okay, go ahead. Today was the day making electrons. I'm like, what? <laughs> Okay. You know, guy on the on the assembly line making the electrons. Turning the crank, get some <laughs> electrons going. The, the widgets and the whatchamacallits and the electrons. Uh, uh, and, but and listen, we are in the perfect position as a person who doesn't own a car and a person who owns an all-electric vehicle. <laughs> I would love to comment about how $5 gas isn't that big a deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, highest, highest uh, price ever for gas in California uh was reached uh today and uh i didn't even know yeah <laughs> it's not weird, like i went weird. to the pump and found out it's amazing how this electric Wait, i stopped i stopped <laughs> got a snickers at the store and i was like holy fuck how much is gas right now <laughs> and you know what i bet you uh i bet you almost anything i didn't i didn't click on the headline I, to to find out where that gas station was but i can almost guarantee it's the one right down the street from me because there's no <laughs> there's no way that's not the most expensive gas station in the entire United wait are States. you talking about the shell that's on uh broad or uh the the exxon that's there at the corner across from union station oh across from union station that one oh, yeah, that's that the one, one. yeah yeah the Shell station just always seems to be like four weeks behind everybody else. It's just like, wow, this gas is cheap. And you go back to the next week and you're like, what the fuck? It jumped a dollar forty in a week. Like yeah, it happens. I it kind of reminds kind of reminds me of uh uh going all the way back to college when I got off at uh Penn Station after yeah. taking the awful Amtrak. <laughs> oh god. And all I said to myself was, God damn, I need a cigarette right now. And then I look and find out I have no cigarettes and I have to go buy cigarettes. And then you go to the newsstand that's right outside of Pennsylvania Station. And you say, all right, they're going to gouge me. But how bad are they going to gouge me? And then, uh, by the way, uh, just as a, as a point of reference here, when I was buying cigarettes in Maryland at that time, they were like five bucks something? Five something? 550? Yeah, 550 yeah. maybe. Uh, that pack of cigarettes at Union Station or at Pennsylvania Station, they were trying to get me for nineteen dollars and seventy cents or some shit like that, and I'm just like, wait, "Sir, wait. you found your price where it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't make sense anymore." I will literally walk to a Dwayne Reed down the block; <laughs> it'll be fine. Like that just reminded me we shouldn't talk about the birth of your child on the show publicly because that dude at Penn Station, I believe you owe him your firstborn. And uh <laughs> he's going to come gonna and collect. <laughs> <laughs> Some dude shows up, he's like, "Hello Mr. Baker. I don't know if you remember me. Uh I gave you a pack of cigarettes when you were in need and uh, like the devil, yeah, I've come to collect." <laughs> She's going to work at the newsstand. She'll have a fine life. <laughs> and he lives at the newsstand too, like just him living. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so walking around another, outside playing that game with a stick and a ring. <laughs> it's eighteen seventy, eighteen seventy New York. Watch out for the horse and buggy, dear. Uh, anyway, so uh, speaking of children, uh, our final uh, story of this week. Uh, we're going to talk about COVID. Um, uh, yes, the pandemic is still, in fact, going on. What? Yes. Two thousand people a day still dying. I don't know if everybody was aware of that. Um, and I asked you in the pre-show, Corey, whether it was going to make a difference that the fastest growing group of deaths are now amongst five to 15 year olds. And I think you accurately responded when you told me. No. Absolutely not. Nobody yeah, like, No. <laughs> but uh, just FYI for everybody out there, the fastest growing group of deaths, five to 15 year olds who 
by the way, can't be vaccinated, uh, which is where we I get mean, into the irony of some people can't. What's an, what's amazing was uh, part of the argument was in March of 2020. Well, it's really hitting old people and like the really, you know, the really old and the really weak, uh, the immunocompromise, excuse me, immunocompromised. Yeah. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> got it. It's there. Yeah, we'll a, do it in post. a little hairball. Sorry. We'll um, do it in post. It's fine. Unless I have to go on strike. I'll just, be I'll just move yours over onto mine. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, everyone's thing was like, well, you know, all these people were going to die, you know, like. That we're, you're, no, no, you're right. All these people are going to die soon anyway. So who really they, cares? Well, they were making they were making the argument like, you know, yes, an 85 year old is going to die two months earlier because he got COVID. Boo hoo, blah, blah, blah. And part of the thing was people kept saying, you know, like, well, it's not affecting children at all. I don't know why we can't why we yeah. can't continue living our lives. It's not affecting children. Now it's affecting children. And people are just like, fuck it. I can't be bothered. I can't, I can't possibly do one easy thing that could severely impact uh the community around me like there's there's nothing yeah. that could be done it's like nah, well, maybe uh, you can get a vaccine no i'm not <laughs> i'm not gonna do that why would i hot spot <laughs> of infection perhaps you uh, should wear a mask no fuck you <laughs> hey i know you're vaccinated but uh there are friends of yours who have kids who are not vaccinated and if you get an asymptomatic infection and you give it to them and they give it to their kids their kids could die Fuck yeah. them. Fuck them kids. I don't care. Um, and hotspot of the uh, current uh, rise in cases, Florida being the responsible state that it is, and the state full of grownups, um, has now selected a new Surgeon General who does not believe in COVID yeah. or vaccines or standard things like social distancing. And in fact, has been recommending for the last year that uh, Florida not follow the CDC guidelines. Not a Surgeon General. Now he's in charge, so now he can actually make them not follow. Why the did they? Why did they pick Florida man to be the person? <laughs> to I, be the, it, like, of all the people you could have chosen, <laughs> uh, yeah. Why don't you are. outsource from outside of the state? Because <laughs> the, uh, Ron DeSantis the is going to be president. Of the United the States. person who lives in Florida is not the person to be deciding this. Uh, I, I feel much the same about Alabama, who's about to use COVID money to build jails. And I'm like, this seems like a very Alabama decision. Can we bring in some consultants from elsewhere and just see what they have to say? I, I don't know. I mean, oh, God. The worst part is, uh, you know, there were countries that were doing really well. Like New Zealand at one point had no COVID cases yes. like for weeks. Like, you know, they were they were down to like you know, less than a dozen cases and no deaths. And they were really like the stars of the, of the pandemic as far as like how you could do this right. And then literally so much of the world just said, fuck it. That yeah. now New Zealand has basically admitted there's nothing we can do. Like there's no, there's no safeguard we can put in place that will protect you. So they're locking down again. Auckland is <laughs> locked down right now. Uh, and as they should, because it's responsible. It's the thing to do when infections get out of out of uh, hand. It's just uh, I will never understand. It's what what what's so mind numbing about it is like you know like well it's just old people. Well now it's young people because we didn't choose to do anything about it. Uh, hey, well, fuck them you know, kids, and, Corey. Fuck them. And kids. how many stories do you see 
of uh you know like some covid de- you know vaccine denier saying that it's a microchip and I ain't putting that shit in my body and Bill Gates going to track me interviewed on CNN with a fucking vent ventilator in and yeah. they're saying like you're like oh my only message to everybody out there is it's real and take the vaccine and you know I might die and I I didn't I didn't I, if I knew it was real, I would have done it. And some they guy got to him. They got to Ray. Ray has been compromised. Some vaccine denier who's like watching this at home is saying like, well, that ain't going to happen to me because <laughs> I live in Alabama where there ain't no COVID cases. Clearly. It's yeah. not allowed here in Alabama because we shoot at it with our guns. Uh, that was a nice force gun back. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, like it, it's like, yes, it'll come for you. And yes, it will come for the ones that you love if you are not trying your absolute damnedest to stay as safe as humanly possible. Uh, and yes, I understand that uh, uh, things are open, but uh, you don't have to go to everything, too. You That's don't. The other- <laughs> stay the fuck home. I mean, like, I just, uh, like, there's things I'd like to do. Like, the Ravens played in Denver this past weekend. I would have loved to have gone. I love Denver. Seeing a football game with my favorite team, I would have enjoyed that. Oh yes, that as well. I mean, <laughs> that's a, I mean, the visual gag for you watching the video. But uh, I mean, there's many reasons why I would like to enjoy Denver. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like now is the time because you know pandemic and all. So yep. you know maybe next year the Ravens played in Denver again, and then I can see them then. But uh, and hopefully oh, by no. then COVID is over <laughs> with. Maybe we'll enough. Maybe enough of these dumb people die from COVID, and uh, the only ones left are the ones who are taking it seriously. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't. I literally don't know what else is gonna. If if there's no time, if if people have given up on being able to uh, stay ahead of it, then all you're doing is just playing from behind constantly. You know, yep. you're never you're never dealing with the 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 surge that's coming. You're dealing with the end of the one you just dealt with. Yes. And the worst and, part, and now, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. One, sorry, one last quick thought. Uh, the worst part is uh, we're going to look at cases and deaths here soon. And we're going to say like, oh, wow, we've really turned the corner. We've really done it. You know, there's not a lot of people getting sick right now. I, th- I think we solved it. And it's going to be much like this last surge has been worse than a year ago. Yep. The surge in the winter this year is going to be worse than the one a year ago. The one that we were all freaking out about because people have have given up effectively against trying to safeguard themselves from it. And uh, I I don't you know, don't be Ron DeSantis saying Florida figured out COVID a year ago because they didn't get their cases yet. You know, believe me, Florida didn't figure out COVID. Don't think Uh, you're going to survive the winter surge if you're going to go to every single bar and like, you know tongue kiss random people uh good thing you're not single uh so i i've raised <laughs> that about what this kids topic do before. these days <laughs> yes it is uh i've raged about this before but uh i posted on instagram uh igtv this week where i told i basically explained I, that i figured out why i'm so angry so i encourage people to go watch that there but if someone wanted to find out another place where everyone was coming for them Corey, where might they go Oh, you know, just a little old site called OtheAnthem.com. Corey at OtheAnthem.com. OtheAnthem on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the listener line. 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. 
You can find more of me at my website, CoreyBakerFilmmaker.com, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBakerFilm, and at LegendsCP5 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, I was on set today, so I couldn't possibly make a video. But, uh, Rob, what do you got? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I suppose that's... He's working on somebody else's video that? today. Oh, oh, that's true. I guess you're working <laughs> on someone else's video. So, And I realized I never fixed the uh, my solo, so here we're back to the two. But... Um, you can find more of me at Robert and Cheek on all your social networks. Uh, I stream occasionally on Twitch, Robert and Cheek there as well. You can become a friend of mine on Call of Duty or Activision and we can play together. That's Anku, A-N-K-O-U, Kerr, K-E-R, is Y-S. So find me on there. We can play. Uh, I actually put out some content this week. Again, IGTV is up. Uh, I'm going to eventually get the stuff off YouTube and put it there as well. But uh, Corey hasn't made anything in a long time. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, you can find all of this stuff there and more at robertandcheek.com. There you go. Well, I think we've done good here today. Surprisingly, we've done something, but I don't think it's good. I'm not sure if it's good. That's the line. Not sure if it's good. Use take two. Uh, but as always, you're listening to the Odie Anthem podcast, part of the Odie Anthem digital network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Strike. Strike. But no, you, we say solidarity. 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 Which is a way of saying, strike, motherfuckers. <laughs> I got your back. I got your back. I will be on the street corner with you. Don't think I won't. You got nothing better to do till the baby comes. <laughs> Can't show up to the hospital. I'm on strike. <laughs>